0: Welcome back, everyone, to the sixth episode of the Pearl Podcast. And we have a special guest for you today, Miss Brooke McCluskey. Brooke is a certified badass. She is awesome. She is a championship level power lifter, a marine officer, BPN ambassador, and business owner. She has so accomplished so much in such a short period of time. And what you've come to realize when talking to her is that she does this through preparation. She prepares like no one else. So I am very excited to bring some of her wisdom to you, and hopefully, you can take. Some of it and apply it to your daily life. So, without further ado, Miss Brooke McCluskey. I um, uh, well, well, uh, I'll tell you. So, I actually do have a small, um, uh, uh I have a small, I guess, association with Nebraska. So, Correct. we were just, we were just talking, uh, you know, how I got into the fitness industry, all that stuff. In a high school, one of my, um, my gift for Christmas one year I asked my parents I said hey I want personal training sessions yeah because I wanted to get faster for football and I knew that there was this guy at the local gym uh, who he was he used to be a cornerback in my uh at my high school and then he went to the University of Nebraska and he when I trained with him this was back in 2006 2007 he still had the record for the fastest 10-yard dash at Nebraska.
1: He probably went through the Husker power program, which is like our Husker power, like lifting. And it's like, well-known like Boyd Epley and all those guys like started collegiate lifting.
0: Yeah, probably. So he, um, uh, he was a Mel Kuiper top 10, um, recruit, like he was, he was going to go top 10 recruit. And then his senior year, he like mangled his ankle. And (laughs) so it. It threw off. Uh, it threw off everything for him. I felt really bad for him, but he uh, he taught me so much about speed training. Uh, it was it was ridiculous.
1: Yeah. I mean, I don't have a lot of feel, like I don't have a lot of experience with like youth or speed training or anything, but uh, I've definitely had to do like my fair share of research for this.
0: Yeah. Program, so. Yeah. Cool. Well, hey, uh, Brooke McCluskey, thank you so much for uh, coming on the Pro Podcast. Really excited to have you on here um and we have been uh talking for a little bit now before we got rock and rolling. and I'll tell you what as you've been going through telling me your experience and your background uh man you're just a freaking badass like yeah, there's no other way to explain it but you're just a badass like you're you're pretty cool uh and uh the amount of things that I thought I knew that you had going on Versus the amount of things that you actually have going on, and the amount of things that you have accomplished in the past, Uh, yeah, you're
1: a badass. (laughs) (laughs) Why? Yeah, uh, I'm glad to be here today, though. So,
0: yeah, awesome. Well, hey, uh, we were we were talking a little bit uh, before, and you know, I would love to kind of get into your background some more for the listeners. But you were telling me, so you're from Nebraska, um, uh, born and raised, and I guess currently still in Nebraska. How did you? really start, I, I would say your fitness, athletic career, whatever you want to call it as far as just, you know, being physically active because it's such a part of your day-to-day life now that uh what was the kind of like that upbringing look like?
1: Yeah. Um I mean, it's definitely a lifestyle now, obviously, you know, it's, Some people are like, yeah, I wake up every day and brush my teeth. I'm like, okay, yeah, brushing my teeth is my normal schedule, but, like, so is my meal prep. And, like, going to the gym is as regular to me as brushing your teeth is to you. So um, I I guess it kind of started in high school. Uh, My parents divorced when I was younger, and I just – I didn't want to be home a lot. So I kind of – you know, I was like, you know what? Like, I was 14 years old, and I went – and I was the only female. I went and lifted with our, like, men's football team. Like, I just – I was like, you know what? I'm going to get up at, like, 6 o'clock in the morning. I'm going to do summer camp. I'm like 14. I'm just going to go lift with the football team. And like, that's going to be me getting myself out of the house and like going and doing things. And if I would have known that that would have brought me to here, I would have, I would have like, obviously kept doing it. But um, I was the only girl I went in and like lifted. I just loved it. Um, And obviously lifting in the weight room at that age brought me to like being a varsity starter, like all through high school and all that stuff. And sports were really just like my outlet, man. Like I could, I could go into a game and like you're present and you can, there's tangible skills you can get better at. Um, and then obviously I graduated high school, went to college and kind of my freshman year, it was like, man, I'm not really doing team sports anymore. I'm just kind of hanging out. I, you know, I kind of, I kind of was yeah. obviously like freshman 15s, like a thing, you know, I was gaining weight, like not really doing a lot. Um, and I was working at the rec center and I just like, I started lifting one day I walked in there. I was like, man, you know, I used to do this all the time. Like, I'm going to do it. And I'm going to do it to my own kind of way. Um, and that was like where everything took off. You know, I started lifting, I, I changed my major, I started studying exercise science, I started studying like nutrition and dietetics, and I just became obsessed. It was like this just complete 180 turn. Um, one of my now friends had like approached me in the gym and was like, hey, like, not to be like a weird dude, but like, you are super strong. And have you ever thought about competing in powerlifting? And I was like, what no like
0: (laughs) that's always a good way to start a conversation like hey not to be super weird but (laughs) yeah no incredibly strong
1: exactly (laughs) like he was just like man like you're you're just like you're lifting more than like the other females in here like have you just thought about competing like it's fun and my first reaction was like no way dude like lifting on a stage in a singlet like that's just weird like who does that yeah And, like, I immediately was, like, intimidated by it. So, of course, like, the type of person I am, I was like, man, this is intimidating. Like, I'm going to go do it. Cool. Um, Went into, like, my first meet. It was, like, the Nebraska state meet. I ended up, like, getting first and, like, taking state records. And, like, I fell in love. And so from there, I really focused on my, like, minors because I was obviously studying exercise science. I got my CPT, so I became a personal trainer. Um, And I was running all of my own programming. Of course, I was, like, overtraining my body, like, running myself but loved it.
0: When you're 19, Um, 20 years old, there's no such thing as overtraining. Exactly. Like You're unstoppable.
1: I was fine. Um, but yeah, I just like, it became this obsession, like, which to compete at a high national level, things have to be an obsession and they have to be like the center of your life. Right. So, um, yeah, it just became an obsession. And before I knew it, the next year I was going to USAPL nationals already. And I I was like, you know, they'd be really cool to compete at the Arnold someday. And here I am last year, I competed at the Arnold and just like, you know, it's just, it became my life. And, uh, it's, I gotta tell you, like, it's, it's, my life's been obviously amazing. And the discipline that's come from exercises obviously bled into a lot of other areas, but yeah, Yeah. that's kind of where I started yeah where I am now.
0: (laughs) That's all uh, I, you know, it, it was bringing back flashbacks for me of, yeah, football in the summer. Getting there at six a.m., lifting, doing the workouts, right, going back to practice in the afternoon, um, and I, I know exactly what you're talking about, right? Like that was definitely 100% an outlet for me to, um, to let the stress of the world go. I, I feel, I feel bad for the, the high school seniors right now with COVID right i i can't imagine like putting in all that work and then losing your entire season
1: oh yeah I for something
0: understand. that's out of your control
1: as much as like i won't admit it like so much of my like emotional stability as a teenager was like based on my success in sports like i was like oh my god yeah like we won the game cool like i'm you know i'm successful and so obviously when that comes into college and things things change but in high school you're just in your own little world like Doing your thing, right? And so I c- I can't imagine like being in high school or even in college right now and trying to work around the COVID restrictions. Like that's got to be incredibly hard.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, one of the other questions I had for you, uh, because you know we just talked about you going to college and you know getting degrees, and I would say for ninety nine point nine 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 percent of everyone, they get that degree, they get that piece of paper, and they're like, sweet, on to a job. Yeah. Right. I'm going to go get a job. And you were like, I'm going to go be a Marine now. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like that is to me, uh, I, I, it's hard for me to imagine because everyone that I know really, but except for the fact of one person that I know who went the same route, he actually, he's also a badass. He went to Harvard and played Harvard football, got all the way through. And then he's like, you know what? I think I want to be a seal. Uh, And so now he's like, he's that type of person, but no one else, anyone else that I knew that enlisted, it was right out of high school, right? Like they were right out of high school and and then they went into some branch in the military. So for you, I'm curious as to why that route after college, right? Because everyone else I would say takes the easy way of I'm just gonna go get a job. And you're like, no, I'm gonna go be a a Marine. (laughs)
1: Yeah. um, I mean, it's funny you say the easy way because like, ironically, like in my head, this was the easy way because it was what I wanted, you know, like everything else felt like I had to do like an insurmountable amount of work to go do. Like Mm. I graduated with degrees in exercise science and dietetics. So like, I could have, I could have gone and been an RD or I could have gone to, like, I was going to go to physical therapy school. I had applied to physical therapy schools, like um, but it like, like those things, I don't know why, like in my brain, I was like, I don't want to go do the work to do these things. Like, I, I know I'm a person capable enough to do that, but like, it was almost just like, you know, I, I, graduated in August, 2019. I had gone to school for five and a half years, um, because I had two degrees. I had studied abroad and all these things, but like, when I was done, I was like, I was like, I don't, I don't want to do like, I don't want I don't want to struggle and try to like push my way through something that like doesn't feel you know true to true to what I want everybody was like oh yeah like Brooke's gonna go to physical therapy school she's you know going after her CSCS she's a powerlifting coach like it just fits her lifestyle and it was like cool but like what's harder than that but like something I want to do and it was just like it was so obvious to me I don't know why it was just like and I'm and I'm a, I'm a spiritual person, so I was very like, okay, this is what is meant to be, and like, I'm gonna start this process. And if it's not meant to be, like, you know, something will stop me. Um, I walked into like the officer selection office, and I was like, I I want to be a marine. Like, I want to, you know, ten years from now, I want to be like, yeah, you know, like I was a marine. that's not a big deal. And then like people to just be like, holy crap, like my coach was a marine. Like, I'm gonna listen to her because of that respect or something. You know, just right. think that, but honestly, it was just like, that was my easy because it was what I wanted. Um, and I'm the kind of person where like, I see a goal when I want it, like I will get it. I don't care what it takes. Um, I don't know. That's just, it was like what I wanted. And, uh, I graduated college. I didn't want to go work. I didn't want to go to a nine to five. I didn't want to be behind a desk. I didn't want to sit down. Um, I wanted to go get more and do more. So um, I kind of have a joke with my friends that it's it's getting harder and harder to like continue to one up myself. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, I guess it,
0: what's funny to- is you it, it's you're the type of person that is gonna continue to do it. So imagine what the next 10 year like in 10 years, what is it really gonna look like after you've one-upped yourself for another decade?
1: Yeah, right. Um, I, it's it's so- crazy because like if you look at things um from my perspective, I see them as normal things, but you look at things from like a third party perspective and it's like, I'm 24. I own a business. I'm an active duty Marine Corps officer. I have two degrees. Like it's, you know, my resume just kind of keeps stacking up, but I'm like, cool. Like cross that one off, cross that one off. Um, and I, I mean, I love it. This is the life. I wouldn't ask for any other lifestyle. So,
0: yeah, I'll tell you what too. One of the things that you just said that I want to thank you so much for saying is what you did uh, after graduating was you did what you wanted to do yeah. and you did what was going to make you happy and not, not just the next puzzle piece of what life should be quote unquote. Yeah. Right.
1: Yeah. yeah,
0: Um, because so many people freaking do that, man. And they get to a point where they're 25, 26, 30 years old, 40 years old. And they're like, I've been doing what everyone told me to do. And they're f- miserable and they're miserable and they make maybe they make $150,000 a year. That's great. But I would much rather be in a position in a situation where I'm doing the things day in and day out that truly make me happy yeah. and make me want to get out of bed to make myself a better person and make 50 grand a year. Yeah. than then the money that goes along with it, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's a long life to live to be unhappy every single day. It's-
1: yeah I mean you and I kind of touched on it before we started this uh, like mental health is a big thing to me um and it's like I graduated and it was it was just like this like drop off of like you know I just did college for five years like and I'm not happy with what's going on you know like I'm, I'm successful but I, do, I don't feel happiness yeah what can I do that's gonna bring that back into my life um and this was the route like it was just like for my mental health and for my own health. Like, what do I want? Yeah. Money is a motivator and it's important and I need it to live. However, I can make money doing something I love. And this is something that I love. Um, I didn't know it at the time. I I had no idea what I included. Now I do, obviously. And I'm like, yeah, this is great. So yeah, (laughs) um, it just worked out for me, but yeah, no. uh, If you graduate college and it's just like, Hey, hop into the job force and do what other people expect of you. Like, you're, you're not going to be happy. And that was a big thing for me that I had to like accept and swallow. Like when I went home to tell my family that I was going to commission, I, it was like four days before I was supposed to sign like the final paper of like, yeah, I'm doing this. Um, and I was just like, I didn't tell anybody until after I signed that paper. I was like, I don't want anybody else's opinion. I don't want anybody to talk me out of this because they think I should do something else. Or they think my skill lies elsewhere. Like, I didn't tell anybody. I told my family like two days before. And then I told like everybody else in my life, like after I had signed like the commitment paper after doing all my paperwork. So I didn't let anybody in on it. And then everybody was like, yeah, this makes sense. And I'm like, would you have thought that before I'd made this commitment? Or are you just kind of agreeing with what I'm doing now?
0: Yeah, because now it's said and done and there's nothing that you can do.
1: Exactly. But I, I just, I didn't want anybody's negative input on it. You know, I didn't, I wanted to follow what I truly wanted. And I think I, sometimes I have a tendency to take too many opinions into account and then make a decision. I didn't want that. I was like, no, I want to, I want to make this decision on my own. Yeah. So
0: once again, going back yeah. to my original statement, just badass, just, it's just, <laughs> that's a badass move to make of like, ah, I'm just, this is what I'm going to do. And I'm not going to tell anybody until yeah. it's, it's said and done with.
1: I remember like posting it to social media. And like, at the time my, my posts were getting like maybe a hundred likes and I put my commissioning post up and it got like almost a thousand likes and everybody was like, whoa, what a move. And I was, they were like, where did this come from? I was like, well, actually I've been working on this for eight months, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that,
0: that's crazy. Cool. Um, so now I know in your in your athletic career, right? You're a big uh, power lifter, right? Yeah. And wow. you got into it and you've done, I mean, you competed at the Arnold last yeah. year, which um if anyone doesn't know like the Arnold is it it's where it's at right like you're not just showing up to the Arnold and like hey I'm here I'm gonna lift some weights right what's the process to get into the Arnold
1: oh um almost nobody gets in um (laughs) like for reference I went like two years ago and like the person I went with I was like dude like It would be like such a dream, like in a whole nother lifetime to be a competitor here. Like, I know it's never going to happen and I've just accepted that. But like, this is the best of the best. Um, And so like to land on that stage, like less than two years later was just like amazing to me. Um, I went to nationals in 2019, um, end of the year, and you have to have like a qualifying total. So that's like your squat bench and deadlift max added together, Um, hit a certain benchmark number. Um, I know my coach at the end of the national, at the end of nationals was like, Hey, you, you reached it. Like you, you qualified for the Arnold. Um, but the other hurdle after qualifying qualifying is like way up here. And then, um, after that, your benchmark is going to be getting in the registration in time. So I think this year or this past year, when I actually went in, we called it the COVID Arnold because it was like, we still competed, but nobody was there. Cause they wouldn't let spectators in. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it, I think the registration closed in something like 33 seconds. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. So it's just like not only do you have to qualify and be a qualifying athlete, but then you have to get into to like the registration because the qualifying athletes that are getting in are like, I'm going to compete at this. I want it, you know. Right. So, um, unless you're given a wild card. Um, you're it's you're, it's like impossible to get in. So when I got in, I was just like, I think I like screamed and cried at the same time. I was so I was like, no way, this is not real. This is not real life. Um, and so I don't know. Like to me, as a power lifter, and coming in as a young power lifter, like I always looked at Arnold competitors like that. They've made it. Like they yeah. that that's it. Like that you've made it. Um, because the only thing bigger than it is Worlds, which is the equivalent of Olympics in the powerlifting. So it's like. Yeah, I don't know. It was. It's just like to. It's we're what like a year exactly to the month. A year later, and i and it still doesn't feel real. It still doesn't feel like it happened. I have to like look at the pictures and be like, yeah, I was there. That's cool. Yeah,
0: that's awesome. What's uh uh one of the things that was cool that I was thinking about when you were talking about the Arnold is really how far that s- the sport has come mm-hmm. over you know, the past 30 or 40 years, I, I think I was telling you, so my godfather was a, uh, a championship level power lifter back in like the sixties and seventies. Yeah. Right. And I remember looking at some of the pictures and I mean, they're holding like these championship meets in like a middle school gym.
1: Yeah. Right?
0: Oh yeah. Like with fold up chairs and like <laughs> 30 people. Yeah. And- yeah that was i think that's part of the reason too why he was a champion is just because no one was competing he was like oh if i'm the only guy right i'll, I'll win <laughs> uh but it's cool to see how like the stage because this thing the arnold when it's when it's on right i mean how many people are in attendance
1: oh my god like, like yeah
0: so- tens of thousands of people yeah
1: oh yeah thousands like so many people and it's like in this little room so it's like people are just trying to like get in there and scrunch in there when the, like people can actually go um but like you always know it's going to be a good powerlifting gym when you walk in and it's like this dungeon that's like dirty and disgusting um and you're like yeah this is a good gym like these weights have been moved um
0: yeah
1: the sport has really grown like back when back when your uncle competed like it it was probably a lot smaller. Like he probably was awesome. If he was at that level though, because like still to be at that level, like you have to be able to move some serious weight, but, um, the sport's grown so, so much. Um, even in the, just the few years that I've been in it. Um, I think my first meet was in 2016. Um, it's, it's grown so much that like the competition is just crazy. So the numbers I'm hitting now would have qualified me for worlds in 2016 And now like, I'm not even, not to say that I'm not close to qualifying for worlds, but like, I'm not, I'm not up there. Like I'm not with those top 10, 20 athletes. So yeah, crazy. Right. So
0: what would you, uh, what would you say has been the, the, what has moved the needle in the sport that much, that quick to make the numbers jump?
1: I think in the female side of things, like accepting the norm of like females competing in strength sports, like we live in a lot more of a progressive kind of time. I would say, you know, it's becoming more acceptable to see a female walk in the gym and be, you know, a little more muscular. Um, I know for me, like I'm a, I'm a pretty muscular female. I'm a little bit more built. Um, I kinda, I kinda get mad when I lose weight actually. Um, but it's like, it's more normal for me to walk in the gym now and not get a lot of looks. So I think that more females, more females are more comfortable with competing. Um, And the idea of strength being for all genders, Um, that and just like, I think that more people are seeing the sport is just like, how hard can I push myself? You know, how far, how far can my limits, how far can I push those limits and what can I do? And powerlifting is a really great, obviously it's a big test of strength, right? And absolute power. And um, I think like anything, it's just one of those things that's, it's becoming more popular because there are more people you know, like myself or like uh Russell or bigger athletes in the powerlifting arena that are making it, you know, look cool and oh man, I want to go be strong and lift on a stage. Like who doesn't want to do that, right? Yeah. <laughs> so I think I think those two things are big, um, especially on the female side of things, of it becoming more acceptable for females to walk in and be strong. You know, like that's something I've always been very comfortable with and i'm blessed that i am comfortable with it because i know a lot of females go in the gym and they're not comfortable with that so um yeah i mean those are two big things
0: yeah yeah i think it's it's uh i think you're you hit the nail on the head right is like people like you are going out there and making this uh nor not yeah, normal. Right. Yeah. Like there there's people uh, there's there's little girls in Nebraska that can see themselves in you. Right. And be like, oh, if she can do that. If Brooke can do that, I can do that. Right. And then they grow up to be the next the next badass. Right. So
1: I mean, that- yeah, exactly. You, you, you're right on it.
0: Yeah. And that's, I think, too, one of the other things that you said, like, is people are now looking at it as like, oh, how far can I push myself? Mm -hmm. And it's really, um, you know, everyone looks at, uh, I think they look at especially like powerlifting and Olympic lifting as like really like these physical feats of strength when really, and and you know it, it's a mental, it's a, it is so much a, a mental feat of strength because you get to, uh, expose all of your training and and everything that you've been working for in what maybe like 20 seconds total in a meet. Yeah, like everything boils down to 20 seconds of all the training that you put in, the mental hardship, the the conditioning, the the diets, right? Like all the stuff over months and months and years and years, and that's really the hard part. Right. It's
1: yeah, yeah. that's what I was talking about earlier when I said like it it was an it's an obsession. Like it's become like I've become this in these words are my own, like I've become this like crazy obsessed person over like, you know, I when I'm on a serious prep, like for the Arnold or Nationals, like I will track my weight fluctuations from day to day by the half a percent. Like down to like the the decimal of a percent my weight fluctuation from like day A to day B. And then like okay. I will adjust my macros to that. You know, I have a coach that handles my lifts and make sure that I'm hitting that sweet spot of training where I'm not doing too much and I'm not doing too little, but outside of that, like my nutrition, my macros, my weight, when I do a cut, all of that, like, it's literally an obsession to the point where like I am tracking things down to like the half of an ounce of water that goes in my body or the, the 0.05 fluctuation I had in my weight from yesterday to yesterday to today. And, what does that look like on a graphic scale and things like that. And, you know, going back to touching on like, you know, seeing other females in this sport, like you see women like Steffi Cohen or, you know, the females that are winning, you know, the CrossFit games and like, they look very muscular and things like that. And it's like, to me, it's like, that's motivating. Like at some level, I'm not on their level, but like there appear to me because like we're females and we're in strength sports and we're, we're trying to like change where the acceptance level is just by competing and being who we are so I don't know to me I I take it very seriously um and it's it's literally become an obsession but it's also a lifestyle that I I would not change at all so
0: yeah yeah it's it's awesome to see uh I love progression right and just like watching things change and move and uh get get better right like it's it's also motivating for me to think like, where's it going to be in five years? Where's it going to be in 10 years? You know, and uh, yeah. what type of impact can I have on it to change, you know, change the course of things?
1: Yeah. And, and not everybody, obviously, like if you just want to compete in powerlifting for fun and you just want to go do a meet, which like most of my clients do, they just go, hey, like I want to just try powerlifting. I'm like, cool, let's do like a little informal prep and just go have a really fun day. Like you don't have to take it seriously. You don't have to track like that. However, if you want to compete at the national world level, like, it's going to take a lot more than what you initially think, right? Yeah. Um, but, no, powerlifting is awesome. Um, it's honestly given me, like, the discipline and structure that I needed to be successful when I did go into the Marine Corps. So that, yeah. Not that all the powerlifting. <laughs>
0: One of uh, one of the things that you just brought up, and this is, uh, I think, kind of one of the biggest things that I wanted to dive in with you from a strategy standpoint. So, like we were talking about earlier, one of my big keys for anyone listening is I want to give them clear and simple strategies that they can start implementing, right, on a day-to-day basis to make a positive impact on their own health and their own health journey. Because the reality is, is that most of the people listening to this are not on your level right it's just not they're not on your level right now they will never be on your level they have no desire to get to your level right they are just trying to uh maybe go you know maybe lose two inches off their waist or you know be able to get up and down off the ground without pain so that way they can play with their kids and just live an overall better life right and so one of the things you know you're in a unique position with your degrees especially within dietetics right and and all of your day-to-days on uh meal prepping and and being very consistent and diligent with your tracking and all that stuff i my i guess my question is, is what are do you think are some of the easiest best starting strategies that people can use uh especially around their nutrition because you and i both know that The workouts are great, and that needs to be a part of it. But probably the hardest thing for a lot of people is nutrition because there's so much information out there. You don't know what to trust. Do keto one day, no fat, all fat, no carbs, yes carbs, only protein, eat bacon, bacon's bad, right? Like it's just there's so much. So what are some of the things that you would say could help people just get going and, and start getting some momentum in their lives?
1: yeah uh that's a great question first of all the internet can be like the best and worst friend with this like the biggest like you could go work out you know ten hours a week you know doing this intense program that you found on the internet that's supposed to make you lose 10 pounds in a week like and you still don't like you might have gained weight um but in reality you, weight loss if that's your goal or even like gaining muscle or whatever your goal is in the nutrition world like nutrition is going to be like 75% of what you're working on. So, um,
0: man, you're being generous. I was going to say, I was going to say
1: 90. <laughs> I mean, it's up there. Like if your goal is powerlifting, you know, there's the 25%, right? Like you got to have a good program, you got to figure it out. But like for general weight loss, like, yeah, like you said, like it's, it's up there. Like you can literally just have a calorie deficit and meet your goals and not even go to the gym. So like, what I would say is the biggest thing is the calorie deficit. you know whether you find that deficit in keto in whole 30 in whatever diet, like great, but like really the only reason you're losing weight is because you're in an energy deficit with the calories you're eating. So you need to be eating less than what your body is burning. Um, and what that means is like some nights you're gonna go to bed hungry like some di- some days you might like get a headache, you know just be aware of what's going on with your body. Don't be at such a severe deficit that you're starving yourself, but try to find that happy range of like, you know, 250 to 500 calorie deficit a day. Um, what that's going to do is that's going to lead up to burning off, you know, like a pound, maybe a little bit less, maybe a little bit more a week, depending on your body type. Um, all of that starts with nutrition tracking though. It's okay. I need to track what I'm eating. What am I putting in my mouth? You know, what am I, am I just mindlessly snacking? Am I actually like weighing out my foods that I'm eating? Um, And a big one to do is like, I use my fitness pal, you know, it just kind of gives you a really quick snapshot of like, these are my macros, these are my calories. Um, And if you're somebody that, you know, there are clients out there that they might not even know what macros or calories are. And if you're one of those people, like that's totally normal. You're, you're a normal human being, you know, do some research, talk to myself, talk to somebody like you that's in this field that can you know, direct, start directing you towards resources that are going to help you be, be bring awareness to your eating and to what your situation is. And so, you know, if your thing is weight loss, start tracking, figuring out how much you're actually eating per day. Um, maybe get like a calculation on what you're actually burning for the day, which is like your basal rate and, you know, your energy expenditure throughout the day so that you know, okay, you know what, I'm burning 1,800 or I'm burning 2,200 calories a day on average. So I need to eat about 18 to 1,900 calories so that I can have a small deficit and start losing some of this weight. If I exercise now, maybe I'm burning 2,800 calories a day and I can eat closer to 22, 23, have a bigger deficit, lose weight faster. So either way, you're going to lose weight. It's just a matter of tracking what's going in your mouth, what you're eating, making sure that deficit is there. Um, and then just being consistent and knowing that you know what if I completely block out ice cream I'm gonna want ice cream so be a little bit flexible with yourself let yourself have a little ice cream in moderation or something but don't obviously just for me it's like if I'm like I cannot have chocolate on this entire prep
0: the only thing I want
1: literally yeah for like 12 weeks it's all I want I'm like I want I want chocolate so bad (laughs) so I'm flexible with myself and I'm like yeah I can have that and especially like I mean, I'm burning a ridiculous amount of calories because I work out like twice a day and do insane workouts, but like, you know, it's, you got to be flexible with yourself and forgiving and, um, you're not going to be perfect. It's not going to be perfect, but you can create consistent weight loss over time just by being mindful and consistent with what you're doing. So,
0: yeah, yeah. You, uh, you hit the nail on the head for me on a couple things. So mindlessly it's portion controls, right? Like I'll eat healthy foods, but man, I'm going to eat a lot of it right and because i i mindlessly put end up putting things in my mouth and so yeah, yeah. just just having that that tracking record the, the my fitness pal is a game changer yeah
1: you, I've, I've literally probably used my fitness pal at least i oh gosh probably since like 2016 like a long time off and on obviously with how my trainings have gone but for a while now
0: yeah um yeah it, that's a that's a great tool um But then the other thing, too, is like, yeah, if you're working out, you burn more calories, so you get to eat more food. That's exactly why I work out, (laughs) because I like eating food, and I know that my body cannot, like, I I have to work out in order to burn off those calories.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, I burn a lot of calories, so I eat a lot, but that's just who I am. Yeah. (laughs) And I've built, you know, you can build up your metabolism to that, too. Like, there are certain things you can do to make your metabolism better. You know, eating high-protein foods, eating vegetables, your, your body responds well to those things. So, um, plus protein obviously makes you feel a little bit fuller for longer too. So that's helpful.
0: Yeah. That's another, yeah. Another great tip and strategy. Um, one of the other questions that I had from a strategy standpoint is we were talking about, uh, right now you're in a role in, in the Marines that, like you said, kind of doesn't usually exist. Um, it's more of that nine to five right now. Right. So more stable, but coming up in a couple months, all that is pretty much gonna change, right? Pretty drastically. Yep. So my question is, is what is that schedule probably going to look like for you? And what plans are you putting in place right now to still weave in your, your training and your nutrition and your diet and everything that you need to do in order to be successful? Because, um, And the reason I ask that is because a lot of people when you look at their day to day life, right, things pop up, you know, they know things are going to happen down the line, um, or maybe they're working, maybe they are working two or three jobs, right. And so they're looking at this mountain of how do I get healthy while I'm working this amount of time. And I think they just don't really know how to, to prepare themselves for those situations. So Have you started to think about how you're going to prepare for that schedule and what is it going to look like and all that type of stuff?
1: Yeah, I've I've definitely started to think about it. And I think I think one of the hardest things that people don't want to hear is like you just have to make time. Right. Like like time is an arbitrary thing and you decide if it's your life, you decide where your time goes. Um, and like speaking from somebody that's, you know, when I was a full-time student, I was working three jobs and I was still managing to get all my training in and still meal prep and do everything. Like I can, I can say that because I've been there. Um, like when I was in college, my busiest semester was like a 16 credit semester. Um, I was working as a facility manager. I was working another job outside of that. I was getting my physical therapy, shadow hours, running bill training systems and getting ready for national. So like you just, you have to make time and people don't want to hear that because every excuse in the book will pop up. Um, but like, I'm the kind of coach where I'm like, no, like I I don't care. I care about what your excuses are, but like, I'm not going to listen to them because if you want this goal bad enough, you'll figure out how to make time. Right. Um, one of the things with, uh, what's coming up in the Marine Corps for me is I go into my next orders, um, end of April. And what that's going to look like is I'm going to go into a school through the Marine Corps. So, Um, schools are variable enough that most nights I'll have open and a lot of weekends I'll have open. Um, but a lot of times when we're going into the field or, you know, we have a day that runs 5am to 8pm or something like that, like that stuff's going to happen. Um, and so it's, my mindset is to be flexible when those things happen. You know, if I go to the field for three days, I'm obviously not going to be able to bring meal prep. To the field for three days i'm gonna have to eat mres which if you've had an mre before they are the most unhealthy things in the world um <laughs> are they real?
0: i've never had one
1: ter- like they're not terrible they're at their are food but like on it from a diet standpoint you're expected to eat three mres breakfast lunch dinner that's almost four thousand calories um maybe even a little bit more um for one day and you know a lot of times in the field we're doing a lot more activities and stuff but like there was a reason I went to officer candidate school and I gained weight on like when I was doing an insane amount of exercise, you know, it's cause we were eating a lot. Um, yeah. but it's like, I'm just going to have to be flexible around those things in plan. So if I know that I'm going to the field, going to the field, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Hey, in my mind, I'm just, I'm going to make sure that Monday through Friday I'm eating extra healthy and I'm making sure to follow my meal plan as like to a T so that Friday, Saturday, Sunday, when I'm off a little bit, it's not going to be a big deal. Um, right. and maybe I, I might have a little bit more of a deficit, but, um, the biggest things are going to be to make sure that I have planned meals. Um, cause like I said, I'll be in a school situation, but it'll be Marine Corps school. So it's, you never know what you're going to be doing. Um, you know, I could be out on the range shooting rifles, or I could be sitting in a classroom trying to learn how to shoot a rifle. Um, I know how to do that by the way, but, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you just don't know. So it's like, okay, you know, the day before when I have time or the weekend before when I have time, I'm going to plan out what my week looks like. Cause I have my schedule and I know what I'm doing. I know which days I'm going to be doing things later, but I'm going to make sure that I have my meals prepped for the week. I'm going to make sure that those meals are ready to go. You know, they're in my fridge. I can just grab them. Um, I'm a big fan of prepping things the night before so that the next morning it's easy. You just grab it and you go. Mm -hmm. So I have like a six pack bag. I'll load that up with my meals for the next day. I'll make sure my breakfast stuff is like set out on the counter. I'll make sure like if I have something that afternoon, like it's already ready to go so that my next day is extremely easy when I'm tired in the morning. And like, you know, I got like four hours of sleep last night and I don't want to do any of this, but while my breakfast is set out already, so I can't be lazy with that. It's already, it's already ready to go. I am being lazy just by it being ready and doing it. Right. Um, my foods are all ready to go. So that decision has been made for me already. You know, I'm, I'm really tired and stressed today. And, you know, maybe I want to go eat fast food cause that'd just be easier and it would probably taste better, but I already made this meal and it's chicken and rice and veggies and you know what it's already made. I don't have to spend any money and that's easy. You know, I have it with me, things like that. So it's like kind of cheat yourself a little bit. Like if I know I'm going to be lazy or I'm going to want to eat out, You'll prep your meals, get them ready, take them with you to work. And it's like, well, shit, it's right there. Like, I just got to eat it now. It's ready. It's literally ready for me. The lazy option is to sit at my desk and eat the meal I brought with me to work. Yeah. Going out, you know, so it's just like it's being prepared. And with my next school, it's I'm going to be working. I don't know, anywhere from like 40 to hundred hours a week. I don't know.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it <laughs> no can idea. change. Yeah.
1: I mean, we're working like 24 hours a day, especially when you're on duty, like you're, you're on a 24 to 48 hour shift when you're on duty, you know? Um, I've heard stories of people that go to this school and they don't get sleep for 72 hours straight because they have like a job title that doesn't allow them to get sleep for those 72 hours. So um, it's just being prepared and knowing when things are coming, cause I'll have enough, I'll have a, schedule ahead of time. I'll know what's coming. So taking that schedule, doing with it what I may and preparing myself.
0: So, um,
1: and you can apply that to literally any job, whether you're, you know, an accountant and you, you know, you're going to sit at your desk all day and I don't get my steps in or, you know, I eat, I eat lunch out every single day. And it's just like, I think that's, what's killing my diet. Well, okay. Set a reminder on your phone for every hour and a half or an hour to get up and take a lap around the office or Um, you know, make sure you're prepping your meals so that at lunchtime, when it's time to eat and everybody's going out to eat, you remember that you have a goal and you're going to eat that lunch that you brought with you, because that's not only easier, you save money and you're reaching your goals. Um, a big thing that I did early on was write myself little sticky notes. Cause like you go through periods of like being motivated and not motivated, right? So when I'm super motivated and I'm like, oh yeah, let's go. I'll like write all these notes on my On my containers of food. And it'll be like something really personal and a reminder of like why I'm doing this. You know, it's not something cheesy, like, oh yeah, go get them today. It's, it's like something really personal that's like related to why I'm doing this. Like a lot of times with the Arnold, it'd be like, it'd be like, Hey, you realize, you know, you're, you're registered for the Arnold. Right. And I, that's, that's good enough for me. Like (laughs) I'll eat chicken all day. So um, but yeah, it's just kind of some strategies getting a little long-winded, but um, just some strategies to like Really work around your schedule. You know what your schedule is going to be. Plan around it. Be flexible. And uh, keep your goals in your forefront. Like, write them down. I have them written down on my wall. Like, so every morning when I wake up, my goals are literally staring me in the face. So it's like, cool. We're going to do that. Got it.
0: (laughs) Uh, You just hit on. So er everything that you just said is 100, in my opinion, is 100% spot on, right? Like, I think the biggest things is like you said, uh, time, time is an arbitrary thing and you make it right. So uh, if it's on your calendar, it's going to get done. So you just need to prioritize, even if it's like literally prioritizing your prep periods of okay, on this day, I'm going to be in the kitchen for two hours and prepping my meals for the rest of the week. But that was the other thing that you said too, that is like, you're you're making decisions for your future self. So that way, your future future Brooke doesn't have to deal with those. Yeah. Right. When yeah. she's tired and doesn't feel like doing it, like those those decisions have already been made. Yeah. And now you just get to pick up a meal and go. Right. Yeah. And I think
1: like when you're tired or you you don't want you want to take the easiest way possible. Like I am. I will be the first person to say like I am the least perfect individual out there. Like I am no different than anybody else walking down the street. The only thing different between me and somebody else that isn't hitting the same goals as me is my preparation. Yeah. Um, it, you know, like I'm, I was
0: literally about to say from from uh getting to know you right now and talking to you, uh you're probably you're maybe the least perfect but the most prepared.
1: Yeah, exactly. out of
0: anyone that you come across, right? Like you're prepared for every um bad situation or good situation, any situation that comes up, you're prepared for it which, yeah. um, is probably a good skill to have as a Marine. <laughs>
1: yeah, definitely. Um, and you and I had kind of talked about it earlier too, but, um, like the mindset, you know, it's, it's when you, you can catch yourself in that mindset of excuses or, you know, whatever's going on, like, it's like catching yourself being negative or something and then correcting like right away. So it's like, you know, I don't want to eat this meal. But if I tell myself that I want to eat this meal and I really reinforce that habit, eventually in like the, the next couple of weeks or days even, I will start to want to eat this meal. Yeah. You know, by this meal, I mean like chicken and broccoli. Like it's not glamorous, but it it's effective, believe me. Um and Very so effective. <laughs> exactly. It's like. But, but by sitting there and reinforcing while I'm eating the food, I don't want to eat this, I don't want to eat this, your brain is literally just going to be like, I don't want to eat this and I hate it yeah. the whole time. And then you, you're not going to want to establish a habit out of it. So it's it's correcting that internal dialogue of, yeah, I don't want to eat this, but no, this is getting me towards my goals. I'm going to eat this and I'm going to stop complaining and I'm going to like it. Like, and it, it, that sounds like a little bit rudimentary, but it's like, that's it's effective. And like, eventually you know, maybe in a couple of days you'll find yourself saying like, Oh man, I want to eat that meal. Like it makes me feel good. And I feel good after eating it. And like, it's getting me closer to my goals. I'm excited to eat today. And you're like, Whoa, where did this mindset come from? Yeah. Like,
0: that's a, that's a great tip. That is a great, great tip. I've, I've never heard that before. Like literally just positive self-talk while you're doing the thing that you don't want to do to create those connections.
1: Yeah. It's, like, awesome. it's like, it's like, as you know, I'm training for a half marathon and a meet for me running has just been like, like I'm a power lifter, man. Like I'll go in the gym. I will lift one thing. One time. I will rest for five minutes before I do it again. Like That is my life. I love it running. Like I just did a nine mile on the treadmill and I was on the treadmill consistently for almost, like a little over an hour and a half. Like, so it's like, if I sat there for that entire hour and a half and told myself the whole time, I don't want to be doing this. I'm not getting anywhere. I'm not actually running anywhere. Cause I'm on a treadmill. Um, like if I sat there for that entire hour and a half and just like negatively fed myself that I don't want to do this, this sucks, this feels terrible. I would have not hit a PR. It would have felt, it would have actually felt terrible. I would not have a positive association with it and I wouldn't want to go do it again. So then it's harder for you to get back to the gym. Then it feels like a barrier for you to walk through those doors. However, the whole time it was like, no, I'm going to change around. Like, I want to be doing this. I want to be doing this. And even if you're lying to yourself, your brain doesn't know that. Like your brain eventually will be like, yeah, that was like kind of good. And like, I'm a power lifter that just ran nine miles. Like, what the heck? This is cool. Like, um, so it's just like, even if you're lying to yourself, eventually your brain will start buying into it and it'll be something that you enjoy. You know, I never thought I would like running except for the last seven weeks of this program. Every single day I've woken up and told myself I love running, even though I don't. And I've started to actually really like it. So, so either I'm crazy or it's, it's working, but either way,
0: either way, who cares? You're getting a result out of it. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um. And I'm glad you brought that up. Cause that was one of the next things that I, I really wanted to talk about with you. Cause you are uh, like you said, you're training right now for uh, a powerlifting meet and running a half marathon in the same day. Yes. Uh, Anyone outside of the like coaching world, strength and conditioning world, uh, personal training world might not appreciate this. But what you are trying to do is you are training your body to do literally the most two polar opposite physical tasks that it could ever do. Right. You're asking it to lift as much weight as humanly possible for a short period of time. And then I want you to go do endurance. I need you to go repeat emotion for two hours, two and a half hours, right? How are you programming this? Because in my mind, I'm like, there's there's no way I would my body would break down, my mind, spirit, everything. I would be in a corner crying if I had to like try to wrap my head around how do I even start to program this thing.
1: Yeah. I mean, to preface like by all means, I'm. I've just declared myself like an insane individual. Um, like it's just like like to be in the Marine Corps and to compete at the levels I have. Like I just I think I'm a little bit crazy. I'm not gonna lie. Um, That's however,
0: fine. We the most <laughs> successful people usually are.
1: Um, yeah, you know, it's like the crazy people are the people that try the things and then do them right, and then they they prove to others that they can do them right. Like this is one of those things. So it's the whole goal is uh, a whole powerlifting meet. It's called the Clash of Strength. Um, and a half marathon in a 12-hour period. So um, the the meet starts at I believe like 9 a.m. and I do plan on being done like well before 9 p.m. with both. Um, but like the programming for it, to be clear, like I have had my days where I'm in like in the corner of the gym almost crying. Like I've had my days where yesterday I was supposed to run a seven mile and it ended up being five because my body just felt so shitty. Like. And I was like, I have to listen to my body right now. Like I can't, if I literally push these next two miles, I don't think my entire next week of training will be at all successful. So I'm going to listen to my body, um, which is really great because I'm a coach. Like I have my CSCS, I have years of experience in this field. So like, I can kind of look at my body as like, I'm coaching this athlete and I can remove myself from the athlete. So there's like my coach self and my athlete self. And I've, I've gained enough perspective to be able to separate those two individuals out. Um, granted, a lot of times my athlete self will win and I'll push myself a little bit too far. But um, when I'm doing actual powerlifting, that's why I hire a coach. Uh, <laughs> outside of that, uh, this program is really structured towards balance and recovery. So, um, my week is pretty structured. Sundays are my rest days. It's, I don't do anything. You know, I, I do some work. I shoot some emails. I go to church. It's my, my reset day. Mondays are leg day. So it'll be heavy squats, um, and a little bit of leg accessory. Very little though, because obviously we're running everyone. Every right. Day. Yeah. Um, Tuesdays are like a three or four mile run and upper body, uh, bench. And then Wednesdays are going to be like a four, three or four mile interval run in some way it's broken down. Um, that's just a run day. Then Thursdays are another, usually it's squats. Um, I usually try to break up squats, bench and deadlift between Thursday and Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, it depends on my time because of my schedule and what I'm feeling that day. If my legs are absolutely dead, I'll wait. Um, but if they're not, no matter what, I have a three mile that day and bench, um, a lot of times it ends up being squat bench and the three mile. Um, and then Fridays are not a run day. It's a heavy deadlift day. Um, so like, for example, this Friday, I hit like 390 for a double and then did some drop sets and some accessory. And then Saturdays are my long runs. So, um, so far my longest has been that nine mile, uh, next week, I think it's 10. Um, but that's, that's the schedule. Um. Before this program, I'm very anti-training more than five days a week, but being that two of two of those days are only run days, two of those days are only lift days, like I've broken it up enough where usually my sessions, unless it's a run and a lift, are about an hour and a half, sometimes coming into two hours. If it's a run and a lift, that session pushes into three hours, so I have to make sure that my work schedule doesn't make me too tired to hit a three-hour session. Yeah. If it does, I'll move things around. Um, things are flexible with it. You know, like I'm not perfect on that schedule. That's my schedule. But out of the seven weeks of this program, not a single week has been perfectly to that. Yeah. Uh, And not a single week have I hit all the miles that I'm supposed to be hitting because every single lift is after a leg day. (laughs) And it's like, my legs are just always tired. So, um, and then on top of that, to hit my weight class for the meet, I had to lose about eight pounds. So,
0: Oh. oh yeah throw the cherry on top. And then you got to go into a calorie deficit. Oh man.
1: I've been in a, I've been in a calorie deficit since the first week of January. Um, I'm down five of those pounds right now. So I'm kind of just hanging out this week. Um, I'm able to refeed a little bit this week and this weekend. Um, and then I'll try to lose the next two pounds in the next like four, three or four weeks. Um, just really slowly again, that's where I come in and I'm, I'm tracking my weight day to day to the half a percentage. So I know when things are changing, I also, as a female, I know when my hormones are shifting, so I know when my body is going to weigh more. But for arbitrary reasons, because in two days that's going to come off, and I don't right. need to panic because I haven't actually gained any weight. Um, you know, my cal- my calorie deficit's big enough that I know that like if I'm two pounds heavier tomorrow, I know I didn't just gain two pounds of fat. Like no, that's just that's some water because I drank more water today. Um, yeah, things like that. But it's like being an athlete and coach, I can track all that and be really aware of it. Um, but yeah, the school is insane. Like, I don't know anybody who's done a meet and a marathon within like a three or four or five or six month period, let alone in the same day and the same 12 hour timeframe. So yeah, yeah it's, <laughs> it's been crazy. Um, it's had its moments. The biggest thing is recovery and making sure that my body just like, isn't breaking, but I can't really say that either because like, I'm currently in physical therapy, for a shoulder injury from snowboarding. And I just had a cortisone shot on my knee like last week. So like <laughs> we're, we're holding together as much as we can.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's just get, get to the, get to that day and then we'll figure out a longer recovery program oh, after yeah.
1: that. So, but it's like the meet day in marathon day is March 27th. And April twenty fifth, I report to my Marine Corps school. So I have less than a month before I report to arguably one of the harder schools um, that I have to go to and complete the Marine Corps, and that's a six month school. So it's like I don't, I don't, I don't really get break. Um, I'll take like probably a week off, and then I'll have to run a physical fitness test for the Marine Corps um, to make sure I'm still physically qualified to go to my next school, which I'm fine.
0: Yeah, just um, you should just send them the video footage and just be like, this is. Right. <laughs> What, what else do I have to show you?
1: Yeah, ironically, the Marine Corps really only cares about a three-mile. They don't care that I can deadlift, like, 450 pounds. They're like, we don't care about that. They're like, we just want to know how fast you can run three miles. I'm like, cool.
0: Yes, sweet. <laughs> the one thing that I don't really want to do.
1: Exactly. So, but yeah, no, it's – the biggest part of this is not – like, it's a selfish goal because it's – I want to see if I can do it. It's not I want to see if I can do it. It's going to be – when I do this, I want to see what it feels like. And two, I want to show other people that like things like this are possible. Like you don't have to feel like a, no offense to power out there. I am one. So I can say this, like, you don't have to feel like a lazy, unathletic powerlifter whose heart rate is hundred beats per minute, just sitting on the couch. Like right. that, that was me. I look, I look athletic, but like I would go up one flight of stairs and my heart rate would be max heart rate because I was strong, but like my heart wasn't healthy and I was like 22 years old. Like, so it's like, you know, you don't have to be that lazy. Like, I feel like crap, really strong powerlifter. Like you can do cardio and still be strong. Like I'm sitting here running a nine mile on Saturdays and still deadlifting 400 on Fridays. Like it, yeah, it's working for me.
0: Yeah. It's possible.
1: So, and, and again, I, I draw back to a lot of its mindset, just like not placing limits on myself of, can I do that? Or like, is this going to happen? Am I going to be able to make those numbers? It's like, no, when I hit this on Friday and when it feels like this, you know, I'll, I'll ease into Saturday and get this done. So it's like, it's never an if for me, it's always a when, or if something changes, how am I going to adapt? So it's, you know, if my, if my legs are sore on Friday and I need to get those heavy deadlifts in, okay, I'm just going to warm up a little bit longer, make sure I have some extra carbs before the workout and I'm going to make it happen. It's never my training sessions and those numbers that I'm hitting are never up for debate. You know, yeah. it's like, uh, there's no, there's no choice. I don't leave a choice for myself. It's, we're getting it done. And that's, 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 that's what's going to happen. Yeah, you know? We're, so We're going to figure it out. Exactly. Like hell, hell or high water. We're going to figure exactly. it out. So it's, it's a big thing. Like if, if you're somebody you like dedicated yourself to running a 5k this year or running a 10k or doing a powerlifting meet for the first time, like dedicate your time to it and dedicate yourself to it and don't give yourself an option, like put it on your goal list or your bucket list or whatever it is. And put it at the top of the list. Like I will complete this in 2021 and then watch yourself do it because you didn't let, you didn't let it be an option. You know, it's was, it wasn't okay, if I pass officer candidate school and become a Marine, it was, okay, when I graduate from officer candidate school and become a Marine, I'm going to do this. So it's a a big mindset thing. And and I see a lot of people not reach their goals or fall short of something because they question themselves or they say like if statements. It's, no, it's, again, it's it's back to that growth mindset of when I do this, I'm going to become a better person and I'm just going to, I'm going to crush it. I don't care. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, it, if anyone is, uh, for all the people, uh, I'm going to get rid of those if statements oh, yeah. For for all of those people that are still listening right now that are like me and just incredibly jacked up because I'm like, God, I want to be like Brooke. <laughs> um, they can, they can, people can work with you, right? You have built training systems, uh, your business. What can people expect, uh, like. What type of training do you do with people? How do you train them, right? Someone's probably listening to this in like Canada. And they're like, "Well, I'm not in Nebraska, so I can't work with bro. Yeah. And that's well, not true. So
1: not true. and I, I actually have clients in Canada. so um you can be from wherever. Um I had an interview with a guy from London last week, like i don't I don't care where you're from. I don't care who you are. Um, and if you can't speak English, we'll find a way to communicate. You know, <laughs> um, but you you can apply on my website. It's builttrainingsystems.com or shoot me a DM on like Instagram or whatever. Um, find me on social media, and I'll find a way to connect with you. I always do an initial interview with everybody because my coaching style isn't for everybody. And if I don't think that I'm going to be a good coach for you, I will send you to somebody who I think would be a good coach for you. Um, I keep my roster relatively small. Um, I never at any point have more than 10 athletes right now, just because I am working full-time for the Marine Corps. And I don't think it's fair to the athletes that I have under me to take on too many of them and not be able to give them all the attention that they deserve. Um, So I do limit my roster to 10. I currently have seven. So I I do steadily stay under that roster. Um, I don't actually actively like promote myself. People usually find me, We talk. We figure out if it's a, if, if I'm a fit for them, if they're a fit for me, and then we move forward from there. So um, I work with anybody from individuals in the military who are training for their ACFT to power, power lifters to um, people who are literally just trying to lose weight. Um, I worked as a group fitness coach and a personal trainer for three years before – I solely dedicated myself to powerlifting and strength conditioning. So it's, I kind of have a a wide background in what I've done and where my experience comes from. Um, I just happen to be really, really good at powerlifting and know how like the system works with it. So that's what I try to focus on. But yeah, um, yeah, to get in touch with me, just shoot me a DM on like Instagram or um, there's a link in my Instagram bio or on my website for the coaching application. Um, And we can just have a conversation, you know Um, I don't do contracts either because I, I, I firmly believe that if something's not working for you, let's problem solve and find something else that will. And you know what? I'm not the best fit coach for everybody. Um, I'm a, i am I tend to be a little more hardline on, I don't really accept complaints and I'm not really great at consoling or coddling people. So if that's something that people need, I will say, I'll probably send them elsewhere. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> well, it's good that you uh, know your own limitations in your coaching style. Um, and uh but yeah i think some people need that hard line that's what i need i i need yeah. someone to just be like listen man just shut up and go do it
1: <laughs> just yeah. just i'll listen i'll listen to you all day but i'll just be like are you are you done like um and obviously like i'm not like a cold hearted person like people have life circumstances that change and and shit happens and you have to deal with it that's i understand that but like if stuff's happening for an entire year straight and you just continue to have excuses. Like I will have a really real conversation with you that you probably don't want to have. Yeah. I'll be the person like I preach as a leader, the people that you are leading, you love them, but you don't like them. You love them enough to be really hard on them and push them to the person that they know that, you know, they can be, but you don't necessarily need to be their friend because like, you're going to be the person that's hard on them and pushing them and helping them grow because you love them. However, they might not like you at the end of the day, because you're the person that's making them be better. Yep. That can be hard for some people. Yeah, that makes <laughs>
0: sense. Well, Brooke, this has been awesome. I really appreciate you coming on and taking the time. Um, I am jacked up and right. I'm going to go lift some freaking weights and then go run around the block a couple <laughs> times, try to be like Brooke. Um, yeah. Any last words that you want to leave the uh, listeners with?
1: Um, I don't think so. If you, if you want like daily craziness and motivation, just hit me up on Instagram. It's built by Brooke. Um, that's, I, like I said, I post everything on there. I think it's normal. Most of my friends are like, yeah, you're crazy for even thinking. <laughs> um, but just, I guess my biggest thing to leave everybody with is just if you want something, go get it. Like, don't let there be reasons why you turned 40, 50, 60 years old and the things that you wanted to do are still things that you want to do, but now you just can't do them because of life circumstances. You know, if, if you want to do something, find a way to do it because there is a way and finding the time and energy to do it, it's there, whether you believe it or not right now. Um, and if you need somebody to motivate you to, to figure it out or you need to, you know, find a coach to get you to where you need to be, do it. Like there are no amount of resources that are too limited that you can't use to go get your dreams like you get to live once so like go get it because I don't know we're just we only get to do this we only get to do this shit once like why not do everything you want to do so and I I like to live my life in a way that kind of just like outwardly says that so
0: yeah that's all I couldn't have said it better myself so thank you thank you thank you so much I really really appreciate it uh ladies and gentlemen Brooke McCluskey thank you